0: What's up principals and welcome to the principal crew podcast. You know me, my name is Adam. Welcome. I'm a principal. This is my podcast. I'm the host. It's all about principals, but the best part of this podcast is the guest that I have on the podcast and the guest today is one of those principles that more people need to know about because she is just an absolutely amazing leader. She's a strong Latina woman that is just doing absolutely amazing things at her school, in her family, in her community, and I'm so honored to welcome Esmeralda Sanchez Mosley to the podcast today. Ez, what's up, my friend? Welcome to the podcast.
1: Hey, Adam. Oh my gosh, this is such an honor. I'm so excited to be here and be in conversation with you. Thank you so much.
0: Uh, So excited. We had to do a little bit of back and forth to get this scheduled because of life and families and schedules. But as for the people that don't know you out there, tell us about yourself, where you're from, where you work, what you do, just kind of give us the lowdown.
1: Yeah, so... I uh, work in Sonoma Valley Unified School District. I'm the principal of Flowery Elementary. It's a K-5 elementary school. So those of you who aren't from California, you, you get off at SFO San Francisco and then drive north about an hour. Um, obviously we're known for you know being in wine country. So it's an amazing little community of Sonoma Valley. And I have been at Flowery. This is my 12th year as principal. Never imagined that I would be at a school this long, Um, but there's something about when you fall in love with a place and a community and it matches your vision and your purpose. Like you just, you ride that high. And I have for (laughs) 12 years. Um, I am the mom of two kids. I have Maya who is in third grade. She's nine, just turned nine actually. And then Mateo is in first grade. He's six. Um, Wife to husband, Stephen Mosley, who's not in education. He's actually a residential architect. So we have very different um, professions. Um, But he is super supportive and rides the principal ship wave with me, supporting me, um, just allowing me to grow and follow my dreams and what I want to do. And so I just feel really lucky to be in this place in my life um, as a principal, as a mom, bringing my kids to school um, and just really enjoying what it means to be a school leader and um, thrive, thriving, thriving at it, not surviving.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I love that you said that because I think a lot of people go, oh, I survived today or I survived another year. And I've always kind of just shaken my head at that. And if you're just surviving, that means your head's above water, below water, above, below. And that's not sustainable. And that leads into the question that I'm thinking, you've been at your place 12 years and that's kind of unheard of. I mean, I've never actually stayed in a place longer than like three or four years. My next job, you know, my, my next, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be in my next place 10 years. That's my goal before I retire. But what is the key to that longevity What's your approach to it? I mean, people that know you, I think would say that Esmeralda is like a, a dedicated principal, but her family comes first. And how, how do you kind of approach that? So you have that longevity and you're still thriving and happy at a place.
1: Uh, that That's a great question. The, the longevity. I think a lot of it, Adam, honestly comes down to sort of the way you, the way you live your and lead your life. I think any, any profession you choose, you can sort of allow it to swallow you up. um, And, and you have to have more than just sort of um, what you do for a living. Um, I, you know, I feel like as an educator, it truly is a calling, but I think because it's a giving profession, we really, I believe if you're doing it the right way, you're really in tune um, with your community and you're really in tune with um, leading others and helping like, You know, helping others to sort of manifest their greatness, whether it be teachers or staff or students. And so for me, it's about um, finding that right balance. So um, I'm a dancer. Um, I um, grew up dancing uh, Mexican folkloric dance, um, salsa dancing. So, like, I sort of have this inner artist in me. And so I feel like I can, I, find other ways to kind of like let the stress out, right? So if it's like a Zumba class or it's like exercising or if it's connecting with friends from the past, spending a lot of time with my family. I have a huge extended family. And so I think just the way I approach life in that you have to give, you have to experience joy in all of those realms, profession and professional and personal. And you have to love where you are because if you go somewhere every day and you absolutely hate it, like you're not, something's not right. Um, and so I think it's just finding those pieces that bring you joy um, and sustenance as a human being. Um, pr- Principaling is what I do and it's what I love, but it's not all that I am. And so I think when you have that approach, you're going to be more successful. I remember um, when I was a vice principal. So this is my 15th year in administration. I was a vice principal for three years in another um, school district. And I remember the principal I worked with gave me some really sage advice. And he said, you know, Esmeralda you can't overthink the, you know, the single plan for student achievement. You can't overthink, you know, some things you're just going to have to do your best at, you know, fill out the paperwork and then push it aside and move on. And really it's about the connections with the people on the campus, the relationships that you're building and the way you're nurturing yourself outside of this building. And so I really, I took that to heart and I kind of have, Sort of led that way um, this entire time, um, and I also think another priest to longevity Adam would be matched to the school. And so I don't think I shared in my intro, but Flowery is a dual immersion school. So our kids come in, and we're, you know, ninety percent of the instruction is in Spanish. And so it's a it's a school um, that's based on the premise that we're all coming together. To develop sociocultural competence, bilingualism, by literacy, and so like preparing for a global society. So that really speaks to um, what I really value. And so when your values are connected that way to the place that you're at, I I just think magic happens, and longevity does too.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, for for sure. And I don't know if people realize, but I don't, I didn't use the word balance. I used the word approach because balance is. It's one of those words where I think it's tricky because things are probably never in balance. You have to approach the ecosystem in a way principles so you can be sustainable. I always say, I wanna be known and remembered as a hard worker and not a workaholic. And there's a difference. And if it's longevity at a school or just longevity in, the, in, in education or longevity with your marriage, I used to leave every day at four o'clock because I want to stay married to my wife and know my kids and have that, have that approach to my family, which is so important. Some really bad advice I got when I was an assistant principal, I was down at UCLA at one of those like principal, new principal, like week-long academies. And it was so fun, but there was a speaker, some retired principal, and he was going through like his top 50 things. And uh, it was, it was like uh, turn the lights on in the morning and then turn the lights on at night. And I was like 29 back then. And I remember thinking what, I'm not turning the lights on, you know, like there's the custodian that gets there at six o'clock and then there's the night custodian and everybody has a different schedule wherever they are. But if you're doing all of that, you're not gonna be doing it for too long or you're not gonna be doing it in a sustain, sustain, sustainability you know, w- way. And you will just be surviving. And, uh, and not thriving. It's just not, it's not doable. So if you were talking to aspiring leaders or new leaders, what would be your, your top three pieces of advice from a, from a strictly principled lens that you said, all right, here's my top three.
1: I would say number one would be pace yourself. I think that sometimes we can come into a school environment and we, like, sometimes we see all that's wrong or that, you know, our job is to come in and be the fixer or, you know, it, I, this is my lens and I need to approach it this way. And I think you need to pace yourself and take a step back and really learn and listen and understand the context that you're working in because I think that is actually going to yield huge dividends in terms of really building a team and so I think sometimes when we get into the principal seat we think we have to know it all and understand it all and have every single solution and I think that that's a fallacy I think I I came in I was on the younger end I was uh, I think I was 33 when I became principal here and there was a lot of insecurity around like I'm young um this, you know, the outgoing principal retired. And so there was a lot of fear in me around that, like, oh my gosh, I have to do all this the right way, right away. And that just wasn't, that wasn't the right approach to take. I eventually quelched that and <laughs> stepped back a, a bit. So definitely pace yourself. Um, number two would be um, relationships are everything. And when you think they, they, they aren't everything fall back that they are everything because <laughs> that's, That is the the bulk of the work. And so um, make sure that you are centered with some really strong social emotional intelligence, um, emotional intelligence to really navigate all of those relationships, equip yourself mentally, emotionally, to be able to ride that tide because that is an area that will absolutely be um, challenged that you'll really have to build that well and that reserve. And number three would be similar to what you were sharing earlier, Adam, is this whole workaholic mentality. Like you need to close the laptop, put everything away and stop um, so that you can, you know, spend quality time with your family um, and make sure that you are, you know, nurturing yourself as a human being so that you can give to to your school community. And I guess A fourth you didn't ask me a fourth but i'm going to give it to you would be uh, as a as a new principal, build your camaraderie with your team so like other elementary principals or other administrators really develop a network um and because those are the people you're going to rely on the principalship can be lonely but when you have other colleagues principal colleagues, other administrators um, that you've got strong relationships with, they can help you navigate your context and help you problem solve.
0: I'm going to add a little layer on number two with the relationship piece. People may be thinking, okay, I need to build relationships with the people in my district or my county or what have you. And I think our relationship is a great example of we're not colleagues in the sense that we've worked in the same building. I think if we've hung out once maybe twice in person, but I feel that we are friends and we have that connection. And it's because I think we're kindred, kindred spirits and you, know, you invest and you, you show people who you are and what you believe in. And even if you haven't talked for two years, I know I could call your school, be like, Esmeralda, what's going on? Hey, I just got a new job and my school is a bilingual school, help. And you'd be like, all right, Adam. And we'd spend three hours on the phone. You know, you'd come over, you'd help me out. And it's those relationships that go so far. So that's the get connected plug for the podcast because these people that you build relationships with, you don't even need to see them in person or live in the same state or the same country. And they're, they're going to be there for you. So let's talk about mentorships and, and, and being a mentor and having a mentor. Everybody has different experiences with mentors. Some people are assigned a mentor. Some people find their mentors. Some find them through serendipity, uh, different ways. What's your experience and you feel the benefit of having a mentor? And then now you're a veteran principal being a mentor for someone else.
1: Um, so, yeah, I, I have some great mentors, um, former superintendent in, in the district that I'm in, um, other leaders that I've worked with over these past 12 years and I lean on those relationships um, and even some of the, the virtual mentoring too. and I think that just having you know someone trusted that's a thought partner that can really um, guide, be a listener I think um, I'm, I'm always picking up the phone I'm always you know, pinging someone on social media I, just to just get other um other viewpoints and just kind of help me. I, there was a point in time where I was um just really struggling with an issue, and I I probably called like three former colleagues that I that I had worked with um, that I consider really mentors and people that I work with now who are my go-to's. Um, I, I just I think that's so important. I think the more that we isolate ourselves, especially in this role as principal. I think that's when we can, you know, we can get burnt out. We um, aren't able to find the joy anymore because we are sort of ruminating and isolated on our own. And so um, I would say when I met you was sort of the time where I, you know, I was getting on Voxer, um, joined moms' principles and connected with a ton of, you know, mom principles across the country um, and, you know, met up with them at a conference, you know, across the country. And so It was just really, you know, mentorship can look, you know, it can look different. It doesn't have to be the person sitting in front of you. Um, It could be obviously like what we're doing right now. It can be a lot of um, just really varied kinds of relationships and access points and entry points. And I think that um, I'm a better leader today because of those relationships that I've formed. On the flip side, you know, um, being a mentor to others, uh, you know, helping New principals in my district. Um, you know, I forget how much sort of history I have here in this particular district. Um, and so, um, just you know, always being available, always being open, um, and and to principals and colleagues and friends from across the country too. That are like, hey, I'm going to be interviewing for you know a dual language school. Tell me about what I should prepare or. I just became a principal at a dual language school, you know, and creating networks of dual language principals too, um, to be able to to connect. So it's, that's how I thrive, like in connection with other people. Um, And I'm, but I'm also careful about, you know, who I give my energy to, to having sort of those boundaries so that I'm not always on, um, but, you know, just nurturing those relationships um, in lots of different ways mentoring and being a men- serving as a mentor to others.
0: Yeah, something that I've found, if you are a mentee looking for a mentor, it's kind of like dating. Put out into the world how you really are, your beliefs and kind of how you operate as a leader because then those mentors will see that and go, oh, we're a match. It's like it's like dating. If I go out and, or put myself out there that I'm not who I am, and then you start dating, people are going to realize that's not really who you are. So I see that would be my other mentee tip. Put yourself out there in, in an authentic way with what you believe in, in education and how to lead, because then you will, the world will take care of the match with the, with the mentor. What is your favorite interview question to ask people that you are
1: interviewing? Uh, gosh, you know, I've been kinda been thinking about those questions lately. I feel like every time it's, it's time <laughs> to interview people, I'm like, oh, these questions, it's the same old thing, you know, um, I think sometimes um, asking teachers what they personally can contribute to a school community. I I I don't think sometimes we tap into enough or I don't tap into enough about the talents and the skills. Like we kind of like, well, how do you, you know, what's your tell me about your language arts lesson, tell me about your math lesson. But like I I would like to, when I interview teachers most recently asking like, what what is sort of your superpower that no one knows about that you can Um, extend to our school community how will you make our school community better by being being here um, and what is that what does that look like Um, I just think sometimes we people have so much to offer and I think sometimes teachers come in so nervous into these in these environments and interviews and I think sometimes catching, catching catching them off guard not in a bad way but in a way to kind of like huh it isn't just about like the five point lesson plan or no, this is about you as a person, like, because it, it has to be a match as much as like the principal needs to be a match to the school. But I think the more that you can learn about what makes that individual unique and their talents and be allowing them to describe that um, is really, really important. Cause I think there's, there's so, I have so many talented teachers on my staff. I have teachers that run sing-alongs and they play, so many different instruments and they're vocalists and I have artists and, and gardeners. And, and it's like, everyone sort of puts into this magic at Flowery through all of these talents. And that's what I wanna continue to grow and cultivate. And so tapping into that and finding out what is your sort of superpower and your magic that you will bring to this school to enhance it.
0: We are so on the same wavelength, because that was one of my favorite questions, was simply, how will you make us better? Because I believe that every person you hire, every person, classified, certificated, doesn't matter who they are, needs to bring something that is different and unique, and that's going to up the game of the school community, because you have to remain relevant and be challenging your people, and not just in big ways, but in in small ways, because those small things add up what is your number one book that you recommend to other leaders from like a leadership lens that you like to, um, you like to read?
1: Oh gosh. Uh, leadership. I have, I'm not reading a leadership one right now, but I would say my default is always Brene Brown's dare to lead. Mm. Um, I, she has a new podcast out too, if y'all haven't heard it. Um, but she, um, she has some great people that she has on that podcast. And so I really love Brene's research and I, there's a lot of, of her work that I rely on in terms of, you know, creating a, a workspace, a very human workspace here at Flurry, where we can all be seen and, and valued for who we are. We don't have to conceal our identities. We, like if we're going through something, like we're here to hold each other up and help one another. And also, that you know, pushing me to really model that vulnerability and to um, really show the staff that we, you know, we come here and we put our hearts and our minds and everything into it. And so, we got to take care of one another, starting from the top <laughs> down. So yes, Brene Brown. And another one, another book I'll plug that's not a leadership book, but it is really awesome is Goldie Mohammed's *Cultivating Genius*. Mm. Um, an equity framework for culturally and historically responsive literacy. We're doing a book club in our um, in our district that I'm co-facilitating with another principal all around equity and education and um, that's another great another great book.
0: Nice yeah I know Brene I don't know Goldie I'll have to um, I'll have to check that out. If you could choose another job to do for one day what would it be and why and if you could choose one job to do for a year what would it be and why?
1: Oh my goodness, let's see. One day, one year. One day, no, I'll start with the one year. One year, I would love to be like a journalist, like a TV anchor for like CNN or so, BBC and just travel the world and report on stories um, and just to kind of get a feel for the world. Um we've talked about like this desire to go international and work in schools abroad. It's still like in the back of my mind. So I would love um yeah, to be at the forefront of news and and history and what's happening in the world. So that would be my job for a year. For one day, oh gosh. For one day, I would want to be um like a wellness uh director at a spa. So like I would want to like create magical experiences like and you know massage and like yeah, you know, just yeah I would I would I would want to just be that person that would welcome you to like this day of bliss and I'm gonna make it the best for you so.
0: <laughs> that is so awesome and you live in the right area too the whole Sonoma Napa yeah I mean you know those are all the day spas all right but, let's say that uh governor governor Gavin Newsom calls your school and he says Esmeralda I want you to come to Sacramento and I want you to take over as the Secretary of Education for California. What are your priorities? What do you focus on? What do you change?
1: Whew. Wow, that is, that's a big question. So, huh, I think the disparities between the have and the have nots um, sort of, um, using Bettina Love's language, if you know Bettina Love, she's a a, a professor out in Georgia who runs the abolitionist teaching network. But basically like I would want to eliminate that educational debt. We talk a lot about this achievement gap. And I think that we need to um, fully fund schools in the way that they should be. If we are cultivating um, the world's future, then we need all of the resources in order to make that happen. So when we talk about, um, you know, I would want equity for all. And so making sure that kids have um, the opportunities and the resources, it doesn't matter what their zip code is, right? And how, or how much their PTO or their PTA can fund for all the extra stuff. Um, I would want that to be commonplace in every single school um, across California so that kids have all of the additional learning time that they need, everything that they need at their disposal and that our educators at our systems have all that they need. Um, And that we really truly lead with equity in mind. Um, And to me, like every educator would go through, you know, culturally relevant pedagogy, have the time to really invest in professional development that is, treating our professionals, um, our educators as the professionals that they are um, and not treating them as people who can only follow a book from, you know, part one to part four um, in a scripted way, but to really nurture them and allow them to grow to be the educators that they need to be for the kids that sit in front of them every single day. So that's just a little bit, a little scratch the surface, I would say, um, but I, I just believe in the greatness of kids. Um, and you know, speaking as um, you know, Im- the daughter of immigrants, I think um, my mission is to make sure that kids enter school feeling fully whole and seen for who they are, Like that they don't have to conceal, that they don't have to pretend, but they, that, that we see them for who they are and we grow that and nurture that, what their interests are, Um, valuing their identity. And I think we have a long way to go. We have a long way to go, but I, I am, I'm an eternal optimist and I'm super helpful. So if Gavin Newsom calls me, I'm ready.
0: (laughs) Gavin, buy a Tesla. So Esmeralda can just drive some from Sonoma to Sacramento. She can put it on auto drive. You can still get it done. You get your kids in the back You commute every day. My friends, you have my vote. I have one, Question favor and then a final thought. I, I have this idea for the podcast to interview the spouses of guests that I've had on. So to like have Steven on and say, what is it like? Cause you said, you know, he's got a, a big job, and but what is it like to be married to a principal? And how how do you support a principal and listening to stories and building that empathy? So put a plug-in with your husband. I would love to have him. I've already got Lindsay Stumpin' horse husband on, on, the, on, the, um, on the schedule to, to interview. I just think it would be interesting to, to see. I want to interview my wife to say, hey, what is it like to be married to a principal? I think, it, I think it would be interesting conversation and interesting to hear the other side of it because being a principal is a very unique career position. And I mm-hmm. think there's a lot of things that go with that. Uh, to end the podcast, I love this platform to help showcase people that I know and the great work. And I just want to pass the microphone to you one more time, Esmeralda. Is there anything else that you would like to say to all the leaders and educators out there that are listening to this podcast?
1: I just want to say um, let's keep let's keep at it. Like principles you're all amazing I learn from all of you um, wherever you are on your path it's the right way and when you know you just just keep at it keep reaching out to others um, keep learning and growing this this job is amazing there's just so much um, it's a gift and I feel like it's it's sacred work and so treat yourself well take care of yourself and just keep at it because the benefits and the rewards are amazing.
0: My friend, Esmeralda, I'm so lucky to know you and call you a friend. Thank you for being on the show. Everyone listening, thanks for all that you do. And I hope that you have an absolutely amazing day. What's up, everyone? Hey, before we go today, I gotta give a shout out to NAESP and NASSP, the National Association of Elementary School Principals, and the National Association of Secondary School Principals. If you are not a member of these national organizations, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. Uh, I was a member of my state organization for years, and I found that I got so much out of the national organization. They have conferences, they have webinars, they have so many different assets and tools for principals that are doing the job. NAESP.org and NASSP.org. Join up, sign up, connect with them on social media. You will not regret it. NAESP.org and NASSP.org are the national organizations for elementary and secondary school principals.